The New York Giants defense has come alive. We're taking a look at the improvement of this unit over the last couple of weeks, and we'll hear from Leonard Williams about it as well. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, P-Train, and I want to give a shout-out to all my everydayers, to my Locked on Giants community members, those of you who are on the subtext program, to my newcomers and everybody in between, you guys rock. Thank you so much for your support and thank you for making us your first listen of the day or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, the New York Giants defense has finally woken up and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to share with you some stats and some numbers um, related to that, give you some idea, you know, some thoughts on what I think has been the catalyst. And I also have a clip from Leonard Williams about this very same topic, why the defense has suddenly kind of, you know, woken up and just in the nick of time, I might add. So that'll be our first segment. Then on our second segment, I'll give you an injury update. There were some roster moves made on Tuesday. So we'll talk about those. And plus I'll tell you the latest of what I know about some of the injuries that are probably on your mind, like Daniel Jones, John Michael Schmitz and so forth. Um, And then finally, in the final segment, we'll talk a little bit about the New York Jets who face the Giants next, uh, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, at MetLife Stadium. No, not JetLife Stadium, Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening, which I'm sure he's not. MetLife Stadium. Giant Stadium is what it should be called, but uh, it's MetLife Stadium. We'll give MetLife its its props. But anyway, we'll talk about... um, just some, some early things uh, to keep an eye on. I've got some numbers, some early keys. And uh, so we'll just go over that ahead of our crossover show, which will be on Thursday and more about that later on. So thank you again for tuning in. Let's talk Giants defense, defense, defense. Boy, it's been a while since we've been able to say that, right? Uh, Giants defense. Now coming out of the gate, we all know that the Giants got off to a slow start. They had some new pieces, but pretty much the same guys came back. All right. So you had Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams up front. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously year two. Aziz Ojaleri started off the season. He's been injured. Jihad Ward's mixed in there. Um, you know, in the linebacker core, Bobby Okereke being a newcomer, but an upgrade. He had to get used to the new defense. Adoree Jackson was a returning from last year. And then you had rookie Deontay Banks on the other side with Trey Hawkins sprinkled in. And then of course your safeties, Jason Pinnock and Xavier McKinney. And just overall the first five games of the season 
defense just looked out of whack. All right, so let me give you some numbers here. Over the first five games, they allowed an average of 30.6 points per game. Uh, they averaged 9.2 missed tackles. Remember, missed tackles was a big problem for the Giants. They generated an average of 12.8 pressures per game, and they only recorded five sacks. Right, That's in their first five games. Now, by comparison, the last two games, let's look at the numbers there. Over the last two games, the Giants have missed an average of just five tackles per game. They have increased their pressures to an average of 23 per game. Yeah, that's a big jump. And um, basically, you got guys settling in. They're being able to play faster. You know, guys that were kind of invisible to start the year. Like, you know, there was questions about Thibodeau, who I think was being misused, quite honestly. They had him dropping back into coverage a lot. You know, they have him hunting now, the quarterback, which is really what he should be doing. Um, Deontay Banks has been playing lights out. I'll talk about him in just a second. Sexy Dexy. Dexter Lawrence has been playing lights out. So let me give you um, some numbers for the individuals that kind of stood out to me when I was researching this segment. Banks is tied for eighth amongst his peers who have played in at least 200 coverage snaps. And he has allowed 55.6% of the past targets against him to be completed. That's not too bad. Thibodeau, I mentioned him before. Um, he has uh, been in coverage 39 snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, but he leads to Giants in sacks, five and a half, right? And he is second in quarterback hits with seven behind Dexter Lawrence's nine. So Thibodeau really, you know, hitting his stride and being able to hunt the quarterback, force, you know, the quarterback into to the ground. Um, just doing a real good job for Thibodeau. And Lawrence, let's talk about him. Lawrence, of course, got the big payday in the offseason. He is currently ranked as Pro Football Focus's second best overall defensive interior lineman through seven weeks behind Jalen Carter of the Eagles. And Lawrence's 29 pressures are just six behind league leader Aaron Donald of the Rams. So Lawrence really having uh, an impact on the Giants defense. Now, one other thing that the Giants kind of did over the last couple of games, not so much uh, against Washington, but I'm talking going back to Miami and Buffalo, is there was a little bit of a philosophy shift. And part of that was, was because of who they were playing and, you know, the speed they were facing. But Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, decided to not blitz as much against Miami and Buffalo. And again, that could be because, you know, when you've got a, you know, track stars at receiver that you've got to defend, you want to protect the back end of your defense. But let me give you some numbers on that as well. So uh, in weeks four through six, the Giants blitz percentage were season lows. 9% against Miami and 19% against the Buffalo Bills. All right. And again, that was to better protect the back end of the defense against those speedsters. Because if you're sending a defensive back in on a blitz, you're taking somebody out of coverage. 
Now, against the commanders, Martindale went right back to throwing open the floodgates and letting his players hunt. They um, went against an offensive line, which obviously um, gave up a lot of sacks coming in. I think the, the commanders coming into that game last week had allowed the most sacks against their quarterback. So Sam Howell, the quarterback, was blitzed on 63.6% of his dropbacks, and he went 12 of 25 for 161 yards with an interception. So the Giants getting back to giant football. So basically, sometimes you had to step back a little bit to get, you know, to get to where you need to be. And, you know, there are other factors involved here. And and this is where, you know, I want to bring in a quote from Leonard Williams, who during Monday's conference call with reporters was asked about this, you know, about the big change and how or why I should say uh, the defense has gotten so much better. So let me play that clip for you right now. Uh, I think there's like quite a few factors, actually. Um, You know, I feel like there's we have a young team. Uh, There's some rookies that are starting on the team that, uh, you know, have to get adjusted to the speed of the game, like where their teammates are going to be on certain plays, like all this, all these adjustments. There's uh, players from different systems, Uh, whether they're older or younger, they're coming into a new system and have to develop like new ways of playing with each other. Uh, there's different, you know, ways people play with their front and, and backers, like how they fit off of each other and things like that. And, uh, you know, throughout the beginning of the season, when we knew we were struggling in those areas, we, we clearly try to like harness in and, uh, you know, correct those, those areas of, of the defense. And, uh, I think we have such a good brotherhood on defense that like we really take pride in like doing our job for the, for the man next to us. And when it's something that we focus on and harp on, um, I think everybody takes pride in, in fixing it. All right. So that was Leonard Williams kind of giving his two cents on how the Giants defense came together. Certainly no doubt about it. The Giants defense playing a lot better and they're going to need to continue to play at the top of their game, especially against the New York Jets, an opponent we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, this game is winnable for the Giants. Um, if they can rattle Zach Wilson um, against that Jets offensive line, which has not really been um, stable. Not that the Giants have been crying about that, given their own offensive line problems. But the Giants defense, the good thing to to take away here is you've got a nice mix of youth with, like I said, Deontay Banks. Um, Dexter is still young. Bobby Okereke is still kind of young. Xavier McKinney, uh, Jason Pinnock. Um, Trey Hawkins, Kayvon Thibodeau. So the young guys are stepping up. And, you know, how cool is it to see, you know, especially those second-year players step up? Because those guys, those were the guys that I think a lot of us had question marks about coming into this season. All right, coming up next, I'll give you an injury update. What I know about the Giants injured report, that'll be right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices guaranteed, you also get a clear image of the view of your seat in the venue. And they offer event cancellation protection as well. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, 
game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. You have me, Patricia Train, P Train. And on this segment, I'm going to tell you what I know about the Giants injured. Now, disclaimer, or, you know, just an, a note before I get started, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. So the first injury report is not out yet. It will be out on Wednesday. Here's kind of what I think we're looking at as far as this injury report goes. We'll start with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones did his weekly spot on the Up and Adams podcast. Still not clear for contact. Um, I don't get a warm and fuzzy feeling that Daniel Jones is going to be ready for Sunday's game against the Jets. There was, um, I I know as of Sunday, uh, when I was walking around the locker room doing post game, um, some people I was talking to kind of, expressed that there was optimism that Daniel Jones might be cleared for contact early this week. That has not happened. Now, could it happen conceivably Wednesday or Thursday? Sure it could, but I'm not getting a warm and fuzzy feeling about it. And, you know, Brian Dable will probably, you know, tell everybody that if Daniel's limited there's a chance he could play if he gets cleared by um, by Sunday's game. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. He said that last week, and it didn't happen. And I think anybody with you know common sense knew it wasn't going to happen because you know you don't have your backup quarterback Tyrod Taylor take all the snaps for first and second down, and then the important third down day on on Thursday, and only to you know make a swap. So. My gut feeling right now is Daniel does not play against the Jets. And uh, if he does not, obviously the Giants will have to bring up Tommy DeVito. That would be the, his third practice squad elevation, third out of three. So after that, it will be interesting to see what the Giants do at quarterback if Jones isn't cleared for contact anytime soon so that's the story down the line we'll be watching but uh, that's what i know so far about daniel jones now another guy um, a lot of people are interested in is andrew thomas i believe the giants are going to try having andrew thomas work on a limited basis now andrew i saw after the game uh on sunday and um he's still walking with a limp it's a slight limp. It's a lot better than what I remember seeing a few weeks ago, but he still has a limp. I do believe the Giants are going to try to get him started. However, if he still has that limp, if I'm them, I would not put him out there because they did that. You, you might recall before the Seattle game, leading up to the Seattle game, he had a setback and he missed more time. If I'm the Giants, you know, and I, obviously I didn't get my medical degree. I didn't finish it. But if I'm the Giants, I'm not messing around with Andrew Thomas. All right. I am not messing around with his hamstring. Let that thing fully heal 
before you put them out there. Although, again, I do think they're going to try to get them out there on a limited basis. All right. Um, Evan Neal with the ankle injury, I think he's going to be good to go. All right. He might be limited. But last week, remember, he didn't practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, then didn't practice on Friday. I do think Evan Neal should be good to go. John Michael Schmitz, I really, you know, that's a big, big mystery to me. I can't seem to get a straight answer on that. And here's the other thing with John Michael Schmitz. You know, seeing him in the locker room last week, he didn't have any kind of wrap or apparatus on his his uh, on his shoulder that's that's hurt. He I saw him lift his arms, you know, to get something in his locker. So I don't know what he has. I don't know if it's a stinger, if it's something more, you know, is it something with the neck? I really don't have an answer for you on that. So I I don't have a feel one way or another if John Michael Schmitz is going to be able to practice. Um, that's that's really the big mystery for me. I have no idea. Um, Gary Brightwell, running back. He was dealing with, um, I believe, a hamstring and uh, an ankle issue. The hamstring he suffered in the game against the Commanders. Interestingly, I thought he was going to land on IR. The Giants instead put Eric Gray on IR. Eric Gray with the uh, the calf injury. Um, Brightwell, I'm curious to see if he practices. I would think, you know, with a hamstring, probably not which would explain why the Giants added two running backs to their roster, Deion Jackson and Ja'Shawn Corbin. Ja'Shawn Corbin, of course, um, a guy who was with them in the summer. Um, I mentioned Eric Gray went to IR. The Giants also put Matt Parrott on IR with a shoulder injury. So that's kind of where things are at right now. And I know some of you have also asked me about Aaron Robinson and what's the status with him. I haven't checked in with him in in a, in a few weeks. Last I did, he was getting, you know, he told me he was feeling better. He was he was close. He was ready to come back. But at this point, given the injury situation elsewhere, do the Giants really want to cut at another position to add to a, a cornerback unit, which is relatively healthy at this point? I don't know that it makes sense. So Aaron Robinson could be looking at kind of sitting on pup for a little while longer because, you know, the giants, obviously they have needs on the offensive line on at running back. Um, you know, you know, so it just, you got to take the, all that into consideration, which is what I think they're going to do. So Aaron Robinson probably going to sit this one out for, for another, you know, week at least before his window opens. And when, you know, his window does open, they've got 21 days in which to make a decision about him. All right, um, coming up next, going to do an early, early look at the New York Jets. I have some notes, some numbers, tell you some keys that I think for the, will help the Giants win. That'll be right after this. Hey, Giant fans, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I myself have used LinkedIn Jobs to find aspiring writers and editors for the Giants Country site that I run over on SI's Fan Nation. And the process is not only super easy, but a big time saver. 
Simply add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you'd like to interview and hire. So don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads. Put LinkedIn jobs to work for you today for free by visiting linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, you need to check out Prize Picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and then sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry, and best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash with the right projections. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, when each Tuesday Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL. And that promo code is Lockdown NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host. And in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jets. Now, tomorrow um, is going to be our crossover show with John Butchko, who is the host of Locked on Jets. And we're going to get into the matchups, the key storylines, and all that stuff in a little bit more detail than what I'm going to do in this segment, but I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of an overview as to what I'm thinking the Giants need to do in order to come away with a win and squash this ridiculous Jet Life Stadium that uh, the Jets seem to think they have a right to call MetLife Stadium, a really giant stadium. So let's get to it. Now, um, I do think the top key, one of the top keys for the Giants is going to be Saquon Barkley. The Jets' defense is allowing 135.2 yards on the ground per game average. Okay, That is 26th in the NFL. Saquon is going to be huge in this game. I think how Saquon goes is pretty much how that offense is going to go. The Giants' passing game um, the Jet, against the, uh, the Jets – I believe the Jets are ranked 12th in pass defense. It doesn't mean that they can't be beaten, but you know, I, I know a couple of weeks ago, both of their corners, including Sauce Gardner, uh, banged up a little bit there. So I do think, you know, the Giants will take their shots, but really if they want to move the ball and 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 you know keep the ball away from the Jets, the way to do it is on the ground. And I think that's going to be a, a central part of their game plan. The other thing. And this is a huge, huge, huge uh, issue. Special teams. Now, the Jets' special teams are ranked really high in the NFL. All right? So, for punt returns, they are allowing 6.2 yards per punt return, which is sixth. Kickoff returns, they're allowing 5.5. Yards per return. No, that is not a typo. That is not something you misheard. 
5.5 yards kickoff return, second in the NFL. The Jets have good special teams, folks. You want to see what a good special teams unit looks like? Watch the Jets. You might end up jealous for all I know. But seriously, now considering the Giants, you know, who knows who's going to be their punt returner and their kickoff returner now that Eric Gray is on IR? That's a big question mark for me. That is a big concern for me because right now special teams is really not helping the Giants with getting a short enough field, making things easy for an offense that could use all the help it can get. So that's going to be a really big key, I think, for this game coming up. The other thing that I'll mention, Zach Wilson, all right, quarterback for the Jets. Now, the Giants defense, as I spoke about in the first segment, is starting to really come together. They're starting to hit their stride. They're starting to make life miserable for opposing quarterbacks. They need to continue that against Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is playing behind an offensive line that, you know, basically says to the Giants offensive line, hold my beer, because they haven't been that good either. Um, the Jets are 22nd in sacks per pass attempt average, uh, 6.07. So they're allowing a sack every uh, 6.07%. Zach Wilson, when he is pressured, he has been pressured 41.8% of his dropbacks, has completed 43.5% of those pass attempts with one interception. All right. I fully expect the Giants to do all kinds of funky things to confuse Zach Wilson, who some say has trouble reading defenses. Now he's, you know, he's might've gotten a little bit better in that, but Wink Martindale, you know, he's going to bring it. You know, he's going to play with Zach Wilson's mind with disguising different defense defenses and just taking away, you know, his first or second read in order to, you know, make life miserable for him. So those are a few keys that, you know, are emerging. And again, on tomorrow's show, the crossover show, John Bushko and I get into it a little bit more as far as the keys for our respective teams. But I just wanted to mention those because, you know, in doing some research, um, starting my work on the Jets and trying to figure out, you know, how can the Giants best top them? I thought that one or, or these particular things were the ones that really jumped out at me. So spoiler alert, I did pick the Giants to win this game. I think it's going to be a close one. You'll find out exactly what my score is, uh, my score prediction is, and also why I went with that score. You'll find that out if you tune into tomorrow's crossover show. So that being said, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I'm Patricia Trena, and I will see you tomorrow on the crossover edition of Locked on Giants, Locked on Jets. Until then, have a great day, everybody.